welcome back to another episode of Leadership, Legacy, and Love. This is Russell Fugit. Thanks for tuning in. Um, really appreciate you. And I hope you enjoyed the most recent episode, the interview with Larry Castellari and Stefan Van der Mill and Larry Mack. Um, I just thought there's a lot of wonderful insight on that. I hope you'll go back and check out some of the recent episodes as well. Really enjoyed speaking to my father. Um, about the world of sports and the world we're in with COVID and, and of course my mother and some of the other thoughts I've had in recent weeks as well in a couple other episodes and just grateful to be on this journey and, and have this opportunity even in this season to be more consistent with this space and um, I'm really excited for next week I have a, a special interview coming up with uh, Reverend John Maiden to discuss his new book um, about Prayer, the best wireless communication is the topic. It's now available on Amazon and my copy's on the way. Looking forward to previewing that and interviewing him. And prayer, of course, is so very important in this season that we're in with COVID. And um, today I'm kind of going to riff for a little bit, for a few minutes, and I take a lot of your time on the topic of I think I got it. <laughs> it's kind of just what's come to me in my prayer time. And I think I got it. And there's just so many things that we're trying to understand and so much information coming our way. And in this new reality, we're trying to wrap our minds around. And, and um, there are a few things, man, that I'm going to touch on. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how, how, how far I go um, with it. And um, I might go kind of deep on the last one. But the first three, I'll start with in order. And um, man, I think I got it. And on this one, I think the it I got is COVID. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do not have it right now. But I've been, of course, reading and, and watching and listening to more information about how long has this virus been here and in, a, in the United States. And I know that the very first week, right around, I think the day after New Year's, I, I got really sick. I think I had everything. I never had a fever, but I had a number of symptoms that might be um, equivalent uh, very bad cough, upper respiratory pain and cough and um, chills and tired and lack of appetite and aches and pains. Um, within a couple of days, my wife had it. And then within another day or two after that, my oldest had it. We tested um, negative for flu. So it just seemed to be like a viral infection that all ran its course now the one thing i will say is like we both all went back out to the world and like no one else in our sphere or in our workplace or in our school got anything right like so i don't know so i think i got it but i don't know <laughs> i think that sums up where so many of us are today is i don't know but now you, it makes you wonder i have another associate who who came down with pneumonia around the same time um out in vegas and he thinks he had it, you know, and being in Vegas, I'm like, OK, yeah, you very likely could have been exposed to the, um, the number of international travelers that come through. And there's just so many things we don't know. And there's so many things we'll never know. And I think the peace that God wants us to have is to be OK with that. Right. And I know knowledge, in a sense, we think will give us control. Right. Um, but knowledge doesn't necessarily always lead to understanding. Um, and sometimes knowledge has a, oftentimes I will say, knowledge has a burden, um, creates a burden on our mind, on our spirit. And so, of course, there is a saying that ignorance is bliss. But of course, we want to be careful not to be fools and use wisdom. So it's a delicate balance, right? And, 
And again, as you've heard me say in this space so many times, we have to lean into our faith. We have to lean into the Holy Spirit to really understand how we can discern and not be caught up in um, this next topic I'm going to get into. And the next, I think I got it and I think I got it under control. And that's anxiety. I think I got it under control. Now, I'm. My wife actually complimented me last night for saying, you know, we were like checking in with each other, right? And how are we doing? And she said, I think she told me out of the four of us, myself and my wife and my two daughters, that I've been the most calm. I haven't lost my temper compared to everybody else has had, you know, to varying degrees, had moments that I've had the fewest moments. That was her opinion. I wouldn't disagree with that. But that does not mean that we don't all struggle at some point in moment or I have not struggled at some point in moment with anxiety, worry, frustration, anger, right? Loss of patience in this environment with two kids, five years old and you know, younger, um, five and three years old and being in the house every day and having to try to work and entertain and engage children and see to the overall well-being of my family. Right. So, um, I feel like we're doing well, though. And so, again, embracing this new season where we are, I think I got it under control. Um, now, that does not mean I have it under control under my own power, under my own might. It's it's about having a balance in terms of your spiritual health. And again, prayer time leaning into that that peace that surpasses all understanding. It's about obviously trying to regulate my diet and exercise. And I've been trying to do better about making sure I get out the house and take a walk. Um, my kids don't want to walk as far as I want to walk, but we've actually gotten used to walking more and we've actually been going, going further in our walks. Like the other day we went, we probably walked a good, by the time it was all said and done, we took such a securitous route, <laughs> excuse me if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. I would say we walked probably about a good mile and a half. And so you think about, I think my, my youngest had her bike, so she was able to go further. That's what helped. Um, my oldest had her scooter for part of it and then she walked the rest. So that helped them be able to go further because I can't, they only go but so far. And if I'm carrying one of them back, man, like that's exercise, but <laughs> that's the exercise I want. I have to carry, carry one of my children or they're going to fight over which one I carry. And that's happened before too. So you can imagine like having to like regulate that and then get them to, to turn around literally and walk back home because they're tired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I think I got it under control and that dovetails into number three. I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out when it comes to parenting. <laughs> so I didn't realize how well these all connected when I wrote them down for today's episode. But I think I got it figured out. My wife may beg to differ, but um, this COVID season with no school, no daycare, um, the playgrounds here in Maryland were opened um, as of today by the governor. Um, so it's May 7th. So I'm, I'm, you know, we're grateful for that. And our daughters have already taken advantage of that today. And, um, and of course, keeping in mind social distancing um, and, and not having anxiety. We're going to wear a mask. We're going to respect our, our neighbors on this planet and all the way down to our country, our state, our county, our town, our neighborhood. We're going to respect that. And we're going to wash our hands and we're going to be intelligent, um, but we're not giving in to anxiety. And I know everybody is different. I don't condemn anyone who's, who's challenged, who um, may have more fear or worry 
about this or choose to take different precautions. This is not about shaming anyone. Um, but I do encourage you not to give in to anxiety. Take the precautions you feel you need to take. Develop your new routine. Lean into that and, and, and go and proceed uh, with peace in your heart and in your mind. That's the most important thing. Keep your peace. But in terms of this parenting, I think we figured it out. Like it's not easy. We're optimistic that the summertime could be better, that maybe there could be a return to summer camps, that maybe a swimming pool could open with some limitations and restrictions, that maybe there could be an opportunity for us to take a trip somewhere as a family or to see other family members or have a family reunion of some sort. We don't know. But in terms of the parenting, I think we've caught um, a stride, a good stride and how to understand where our children are and it's been fascinating how much we've been able to understand them better as a result of being together so consistently i think we understand our children better um, who they are what they need what they might become who they might become who god may be shaping them to be where they're going to need more of our work and they're so they're so similar but yet they're so different our two daughters and so it's just been so fascinating. Um, and I just give my wife a tremendous amount of credit for her patience because I've had more work responsibility than she has had. Um, my current employment status is more threatened than, than hers is. Um, but we're doing good. God is good. God provides. So we're at peace with, with what that is. But just the realities of situations, um, my wife has, has taken more of the lead in saying, let me free up time so that Russell can do what he needs to do without being disturbed. Um, but it's still hard. <laughs> it's still hard. It's still stressful a number of days, especially on rainy days or cold days when it's not so easy for them just to get outside. And of course, they're three and five. They need to be regulated. But day by day, by the grace of God, um, I think I've got it figured out when it comes to parenting in this new season um, of COVID-19. Um, so those are the big three and then the, the, the last one, and I really wrestle with, and I wrestle with it regularly on this show, on this podcast, as you know, to stay in the theme for today, I think I got it. I think I got it, America. I think I got it. <laughs> and um, three million more unemployed today have filed, and I'm sure we're still experiencing a backlog that'll be above a million more, a million or more still next week. And perhaps for the coming weeks um, into the into June and um, but I still see the stock market um, granted it's certainly inflated and I've said that before in this space as well um, by the Fed and liquidity that's being injected into our economy the capital to keep these businesses afloat and it's probably necessary for these large companies that are large employers to keep things going for now until demand for many things in our economy resumes and picks back up, um, hopefully in the coming months. Um, so it's, it's really challenging and painful. Um, and, and I know and I sense that the anxiety is picking up, um, perhaps incrementally, but it's still rationing up as this goes on. And I'm sure that is evidenced to some extent by the people who want to reopen the economy, although there's other factors and motivating things for these protests and that and all that craziness but understandably people want to get back but of course there's no guarantee that america opening back up means people are going to come to your store right you can open up a business in a restaurant but if no one wants to come it don't matter so um we're in a new season um 
but it's still very painful to think about and to be aware of more people who are losing their employment, who are losing their health insurance, and to see that we really don't have a safety net. And then, um, of course, also um, you know, pondering very deeply the murder of Aubrey Ahmed. And I know um, tomorrow my wife and I are pledging to do the 2.23 mile walk in remembrance of his death, his murder on the occasion of his birthday, which would have been his 26th birthday. And, uh, you know, look at that picture that brother, you know, with the polo hat, the polo shirt. I mean, man, like <laughs> reminds me of me. <laughs> you know, I rock that same outfit now. And um, it's 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 uh, it's frustrating. It's 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 angering. It's galling uh, that we continue to live in a country where um, white folks can take matters into their own hands and use firearms to accost and murder someone and go home um, and initiate a violent act. And then when someone attempts to defend himself or avoid the conflict in any way, can shoot and kill someone and it be rendered self-defense. Um, so we still have so long to go, whether it's COVID impacting disproportionately uh, poor people, brown and black people, um, criminal justice reform, education, uh, economic disparities, um, law enforcement disparities. Um, we still have so far to go and I'm hoping that there can be a dialogue and I want there to be a dialogue in the church and I want to c commend my pastor Jimmy Rollins at I-5 City um, who's been speaking on this and posting on this on social media a lot in the last 24 hours again today is May 7th um, but I, I wonder where the church is because this is a sin issue and of course um, I know many of us have had conversations around uh, slavery uh, being the original sin of this country and we're still um, bound by that history it's not something that's in the past we're all a result of those that came before us we inherit a world and live in a world that was built based on those who came before us our economic situation our level of education our health is often very much dictated by uh, what has come before us what our parents and our grandparents and our ancestors provided for us what life they made that we were able to have uh, any advantages in our society or um, to be able to be healthy, to make a living, to be educated. Um, so it's, it's not something that we can just look past. Um, and of course, we can change laws and many laws have changed over the last 180 years <laughs> since the end of slavery and laws continue to be improved upon and changed incrementally. But um, you can't legislate a man's heart. Uh, you can't legislate repentance. Um, you can't legislate and require love and respect and decency. Um, so how do we do that as a church? And you want to think, you want to believe, you know, people throw um, around, uh, you know, wanting to believe the revival right it's possible and there's so many different understandings of revival and what that looks like and what that means um and i've i've heard a number of them um you know some people would say the civil rights movement led by dr king wasn't part of revival right 
but some people wouldn't say that, right? <laughs> um, others, others might not see it that way, right? And, and so, um, so what does revival look like? You know, and what is it? You know, to me, it looks like the the presence of the Holy Spirit, certainly, in a powerful, mighty way, to in a way that changes the hearts of men to be more like Christ. And again, as I've said a couple of weeks ago, two commandments, love your, love your neighbor as yourself and have no gods before me. And we can stop right there. So how do you love your neighbor like yourself? If you see someone that does not look like yourself running through your neighborhood um, and you want to protect property over or you perceive a threat or you want to protect yourself or property because of the perception of your threat and you think it's okay to run off your property and take a gun and, and accost somebody and, and, and then murder them. Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to accept that, that you're following. Um, it's hard to accept that period, but then that's certainly not following uh, the commandments that Christ has put forth to us. So how do we overcome that? Right. Um, how do those of us who are victimized or those of us who are, um, made in God's image to have black and brown skin and kinky hair and and look a certain way that is deemed threatening but yet made in God's image how do we not become bitter and cold-hearted and turn our backs on our brothers and sisters who may have fair skin or blonde hair and blue eyes or what have you and and yet truly want to have a heart to understand or perhaps do not want to have a heart to understand how do we even in the spirit how do we even fight that battle right because we can yell at each other we can pull guns on each other we could threaten each other there's so many things we could do but none of those are at the heart of god how do we so how do we move that forward right how does the church respond black white latin asian otherwise how who those of us who know christ and profess to know christ how do we truly leaning to that. So I think I got it, America. We have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do in this country. And so um, I think one of the best things I've, I've heard or, uh, is that, you know, the pre-existing -con pre conditions of America, be it uh, racism and prejudice and, and bias and discrimination against people who are poor, people who lack health care, um, people who are brown, black, or other in our society um, is a pre-existing condition, and we're all, um, as a country, our country, our democracy, our republic is very much at risk because of these pre-existing conditions, which are being exacerbated um, by COVID in so many ways. And and so we keep working, we keep doing the work, we keep speaking love and living as an example and, and promoting um, Christ um, and. And when we do not know what to do, we pray to seek wisdom as to know what to do. And I've heard, I've had people to my face disparage Christianity indirectly and say, yeah, you know, such and such, go over there and pray all you want. But if you don't pray all you want and you don't do the work, then you can pray, pray, you know, it ain't going to mean nothing because all you're doing is praying and all that praying ain't meaning nothing. And there's, there's truth to that. <laughs> there's truth to that. Um, but I feel as though most of the people I know who pray also do the work. <laughs> Um, but also there's probably it also that thought process devalues prayer and prayer is a mighty weapon because the Bible tells us that the weapons of our world warfare are spiritual weapons. Right. So 
it's like you can pray, but then like it's not doing anything. It's the, it's the underlying tone and heart of that sentiment, right? Is that your prayers don't mean anything because you're praying to the air. You're praying to some God you can't see, like, yeah, whatever. Like, okay, like, so you lack faith. You have little faith. So as people of faith, we need to pray. We need to ask God to not only make move and touch people's heart, but also give us wisdom as to how we should respond and we can act in this world. Right. So we got to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's hard. So we have work to do. So I hope. And of course, there's so many things going on right now, but the economic and racial lines are very clear in how that's impacting how people in this society are impacted. And that's point stop right there, whether it's COVID, whether it's whether it's um, uh, racialized violence. Um, and so many other systems and structures in our society that have to do with policy um, in this country and other parts of the world as well. We have so much work to do. And um, I don't believe that we as humans can fix it by ourselves and of our own power. We're not we're not wise enough. Uh, we're, we're not we're not smart enough. We're not uh, insightful enough. We're not hum humble enough. But by the grace of God, I think things can move and things can be better. And I want to believe that um, Dr. Cornel West, um, one of my favorite intellectuals, has a quote and um, he always says, I'm not optimistic, but I have hope. And so I'm not often optimistic um, in, in a lot of ways. And it's a difficult time right now to be optimistic about anything. But I am a prisoner of hope and always will be a prisoner of hope and, and will always seek ways to be a positive voice, a positive influence, and, and increasingly look and ask God to give me opportunities to do the work, do, this, do the important work of promoting justice and love and belonging um, and patience and peace and all the, all the values of fruit of the Spirit, right? Um, that, that open up our souls and our, our humanity to growth and to a uh, spirit of of generosity that allows um, us as humans to flourish together. And if anything else, this COVID situation has shown us that we're all connected. So if my brother or sister, a fellow human is suffering, that, that we're all a little worse off. Um, and and so if that's the case, then what do we what do we do about it? How do we how do we shift? What can we do? Yeah, I don't have the answers, but I'm I'm seeking them, at least for me, for what I can do. And I encourage you to do the same. So that's it for today. Um, thank you for listening to the uh, Leadership Legacy and Love. I'm Russell Fugit. You can follow me at Russell Fugit um, across social media, Instagram and Facebook being the, the best places. Probably I'm also on Twitter. And also, if you want to reach out on LinkedIn, send me a note. I'm also uh, you can check out RussellFugit.com. Please uh, subscribe and share this podcast available on Apple. Google and Stitcher. Again, thanks for listening. We'll be back right here in this spot next week. God bless. Stay safe.